Greetings, listeners in listener land. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, government, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the gateway city to what is going on regionally, nationally, and internationally. We're glad that you're listening today, folks. We have a couple special guests in studio. We have DeGenero Jones. He goes by DJ. And also we have in studio Brian Laughlin. And they're going to be sponsoring an event that's going to be taking place on 55, 555 Washington Avenue on December the 9th from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. That's Selkirk's, and it is an event called Arlene Creates. Gentlemen, welcome to St. Louis in Tune. Hey, thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, yourselves, because both of you are involved in the art world. And, uh, DJ, tell us a little bit about uh, your background and what you bring to this particular event. Well, uh, I'm a St. Louis native, graduated of Parkway West High School. Um, I grew up on the west side of St. Louis, uh, near Wellston. Um, and I recently uh, did a mural that was defaced at Washington University uh, by a, a white supremacy group. And I recently published a book about it. But uh, more importantly, uh, I am a art, visual artist, and I do a lot of mentoring of younger, younger artists here in St. Louis. And you actually worked with those younger artists on a project that was, uh, let me see here. Let me get this here. I, I just lost my page. Uh-huh. Uh, you did uh, the Regional Arts Commission. Wasn't that uh, a project that you did with them? Uh, that was a, a, a rise. It was rise. Yeah, right. Rise, which was downtown, right. dealing with uh, housing, and uh, trying to uh, get people to get better housing. And that was with uh, four other artists that you've been mentoring, or it was uh, it was like uh, seven all all, of, all oh, wow. together. Yeah, so we had a you know nice uh, cadre of yeah. different artists. You know, we're trying to find more uh, female artists because people think that you know that I just deal with you know males, but actually some females are starting to come into the fold now. Okay. So and you also started that. out uh, designing clothes, right? I started off, I used to own, own a clothing store, and uh, I like to tell people that I got tired of people coming to the store wasting my time not buying anything, so I started painting. <laughs> but I've actually been exposed to art since I was 18 years old uh, by a good mentor uh, of mine. Uh, so me being a practitioner of art didn't start to 2005. So and what I, was that transition? I used to go to Magic Show and pick out the latest fashions, and I could see the Color, you know, color sensibilities that was coming down the trace, mm-hmm. and I just tried to come and translate them into uh, on canvas, and it worked for me, you know. Okay. And uh, St. Louis has been very, you know, you know, very good in terms of uh, cost of living here, you know. But we need to get better on the art scene. Absolutely. Now you yeah. recently had a show at uh, McCown and Burr, also in Webster Groves. Yeah, we, I was a part of a group show. Uh, it's still up at McCowan and Burr. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Webster on Lockwood, uh, along with uh, about uh, probably about ten other artists, uh, okay. you know, uh, a lot of regional artists. And tell them the yeah. premise about the historic artist as well as the emerging artists combined together in one effort. Oh, oh yeah, for the uh, people that not, may not be you know too familiar with uh, the uh, younger artists, you know, there was some Fred Conway. Uh, works there. There was some uh, Joe Jones. Yeah, Joe Jones. You know, so Thomas Hart Benton. Thomas Hart Benton. So you know, it's been fun. You know, you know, trying to uh, 
provide this bridge of understanding that St. Louis definitely needs when it comes to, you know, with art. So really excited about the St. Louis has a rich history of art with uh, the St. Louis School of Fine Arts, which converted to Washington, Washington University. University. That's right. right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Very rich history. Yes, and Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Brian Laughlin. I am the proprietor and executive director of Selkirk Auctioneers and Appraisers. Um, not only one of our city's uh, longest-termed art venues, but uh, one of the oldest uh, businesses in the area. And I, myself as well, am a local St. Louisan, born and raised uh, just a few blocks from here, actually, uh, 3864 Humphrey in Tower Grove area. And um, my background uh, with arts is primarily uh, ushered in because of my family's uh, background in antique restoration. And so growing up, I was around a lot of different types of antiques, whether it's paintings and porcelains or furnitures, and learned a lot about the different transitional periods and how they connected society and history and, and woven through time. And uh, from there, just developed an interest in buying and selling. I had a few uh, good mentors and some serendipitous occasions that led to uh, me being able to take control of the Selkirk Auctioneers organization. So did you get your fingers dirty with all of the uh, shellac remover and uh, the steel wool and refinishing things? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) For years. Uh, So my family actually still has a restoration workshop in the uh, Sunset Hills area. Okay. Um, but uh, now I only do it uh, out of joy. <laughs> For your own personal pleasure. That's right. That's right. I can't imagine the wealth of knowledge that you have because you made a point that I thought was very interesting. When you look at furniture or you look at art or you look at any kind of uh, what we would call an antique, it does go through periods like the Victorian period and then you had the arts and crafts period and then you have other, you know, the Renaissance period. As, as music has done, as history has done, did you immerse yourself or how did you back that up or did you go and get degrees in history or? Um, no degrees in history. I took several courses, you know, in college and whatnot, but a lot of it was just learning on your own, immersing into a specific topic uh, in the art world and especially in the auction world. We come across so many different uh, genres of material throughout hundreds of years of time. And so being able to get your hands on and just diving in with research is really one of the the best ways you can learn. And then consulting true experts in the area, maybe curators or directors um, at you know our institutions we have here, like the St. Louis Art Museum, which has been a very helpful resource uh, for the last 15 or so years of, of my professional career. Um, and then just experts that we've uh, made contacts with from the history of our business and from who we are as individuals working together as a team collectively. Yeah, it's fascinating because you can... You know, I watched the Antiques Roadshow, and, oh, that's a Queen Anne, you know, chair because of the way the legs go. And, okay. and you see the twins get on there, and they do their, their little shtick. And uh, it's, it's, it's very informative. It is. And it's very specialized, though. You know, somebody does furniture, somebody does art, somebody does sports memorabilia. And right. I don't know how you can do it all like that. I don't necessarily do it all. I, I rely on a really strong team of specialists. Uh, myself, I, I do have a little bit more of a broad interest uh, than some specialists do, that's for certain. Um, but I deal a lot with uh, fine art, furniture, jewelry. I love classic automobiles. Um, but my passion probably truly is furniture. Okay, okay. So we have an, an artist and author 
We have someone who's been immersed in the quote-unquote antique business. I don't want to say antiquities because that really <laughs> kind of goes back to like the, way, way, way back. Wow. How did you two guys get together because this activity coming up that's going to be on December the 9th, Friday from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock at Selkirk's 555 Washington Avenue, it's Arlene Creates, and it's a show to raise awareness for ALS. So how did you two guys get together and talk about Arlene? And let's kind of just go down that road. Um, oddly enough, we met at Selkirk uh, through a mutual friend of ours uh, that was an older woman that's uh, no longer with us, unfortunately, by the name of Gigi Ely. And she was the one that introduced us probably about 15 years or so ago. Uh, we were both active artists and involved in the St. Louis art scene, became fast friends, and um, you know have done lots of different collaborative efforts together, business together, projects together, just supported one another's careers and have uh, been connective for other individuals and each other you know for you know the past five years especially. Wow, yeah. DJ. Uh, man, I mean, where do you start? Um, it's been uh, it's been a great ride uh, dealing with uh, Selkirk in terms of you know um, help in terms of helping other artists. One artist that I you know that I've been mentoring, uh, Danny McGinnis, who's out in California, who uh, just recently found out that the uh, San Francisco Art Institute is closed down, so he's got a full ride scholarship out there, and now he's you know pretty much stuck out there. So um, we've been able to uh, you know help him. Uh, when I had the mural project, you know, going, I was able to have him come in and, you know, do some work. Okay. And, um, you know, other artists as well. Okay. But uh, our relationship, like he said, it goes back to a lady named Gigi that insisted that we meet, <laughs> you know. And so uh, we've been, you know, pretty close, you know, ever since then in terms of business, you know, and moving things forward, you know, just he's been a great Great friend, you know. That's great. great and you and I have known each other for yeah, quite been, a while too. Known, yeah, yeah, you too, man. Uh, and know, and your wife, your, your, your wife was in my workshop. I had a workshop one time at right. the art museum, right? And uh, from the Ali collection, which was dealing with the largest collection uh, of African American abstract work ever donated hmm. to uh, the art museum. And so the man that donated it, he just died last year. Oh wow. And so I had immediately made a painting dealing with his death because it was so impactful. But uh, yeah, you know, St. Louis is so small, man. You know, it is. And if you Very. talk long enough, you may be related to somebody. You <laughs> yeah, know? That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you, Figure you it know, out. So you know, it's all around us. You know, so we can't get out of here. With, you know, without knowing each other. So on December 9th, talk, talk about Arlene creates this uh, awareness, the show for uh, raising awareness for ALS. That's right. Uh, so Arlene Rosengarten uh, is the name of the artist behind the show, Arlene Creates. And it will be held December 9th, like you said, at our gallery, uh, which is in downtown St. Louis, 555 Washington Avenue. And essentially, um, Arlene was a courtroom sketch artist. Oh, cool. But she also, um, having the skills of an artist, did things on her own, portraits, paintings, things such as these. So we're going to be um, displaying some of her works. We're going to have some QR codes and signage set up uh, for information not only about some of the individual works, um, but about Arlene's life about some of the ALS uh, programs and organizations that she was a part of and that maybe she assisted and also assisted her. Um, Mr. Jones, my good friend here, is going to be the curator for that show. 
and um, he can tell you a lot more about Arlene as they were uh, pretty tight uh, when it comes to friendship on a personal level. And what does a curator do, DJ, first of all? A, a curator is one that, you know, uh, helps with the theme of, you know, what's, you know, what are we trying, what, what's the message we're trying to get out? And um, I don't know, if, I guess, gather the artwork, you know, mm-hmm. pick out the artwork that needs to be, you know, shown in a visual uh, way. Um, and, you know, also just lend an ear to, um, you know, people involved, too, because it's a lot of, um, you know, it's a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? But, you know, curator is one that, you know, picks up, you know, makes makes the art. Did you go to her collection, basically, and pick out pieces that were representative of maybe different times of her life or things that maybe when she transitioned in different periods of her life? We, we have some of that, too, but it's kind of like a cross-section okay. of, you know, various uh, things that she was working on. In fact, she was working up until the time she passed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and one piece in particular is uh, a piece that she did with a, a, f- a female with a red uh, red dress. Mm-hmm. And she has different images, birds, you know, but these courtroom sketches on her, you got to see them, man. It, you oh, know, yeah. it's just something because um, she did a lot of sketching in, the, you know, Thomas Eaglin Courthouse, mm-hmm. uh, these high-profile, you know, cases, mm-hmm. and she was the only one wow. that was doing it, you know. Are those in, uh, what medium are those in? Uh, she used a lot of crayon. Usually uh, Conti pastel, crayon, pastels, pastels graphites, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. markers Quick. at times. So Brian said you were tight with her. I met, I, yeah, I, I, I've known Ar- Arlene since I basically started painting. I, you know, I met her at different art events. You know, I would be at uh, William Sherburn. Um, that's the last. That's the last place that I seen her in person. Uh, but I would see her at all of the openings. You know, because I was really, really, really big on going to a lot of openings when I first started painting, uh, just to get a, a sense of uh, who the movers and shakers in the art thing. And so Arlene was very nice with me in terms of introducing me to certain people. And so I never forgot that. And she also was, she also grew up in the same neighborhood that I came up in. Okay. Oh, yeah. But a different time span. Huh. Right. So, you know, she was telling me about how Wellston used to be and right. all that. And I stayed, you know, minutes away you know well a little brisk walk from Wellston so uh, it was just you know like I say St. Louis is so small man you it know is. that uh, I really enjoy you know meeting so many people you know so we're yeah. going to come back we're going to take a brief time out here and we're going to c- come back and talk more about this particular event that's going to take place on December the 9th Friday from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock And that is at 555 Washington Avenue at Selkirk's. It's called Arlene Creates. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. We'll be right back for our next segment. You're listening to St. Louis in Tune on the U.S. Radio Network. Thanks for listening to St. Louis in Tune. On each and every show, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories and interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. Hey, we cover a wide range of content in the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, and humor, justice, and sports, and that's just to name a few. 
While St. Louis in Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we connect to what is going on nationally as well. If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis in Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. There you'll find every show from our first to our most current. Use the search engine and look for a show that might interest you. And if you have an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, let us know. Just drop us a line at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis in Tune, heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website again is stlintune.com, stlintune.com. This is Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune on behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision was a major legal event and catalyst that contributed to the Civil War. The decision declared that Dred Scott could not be free because he was not a citizen. The 14th Amendment, also called the Dred Scott Amendment, granted citizenship to all born or naturalized here in our country and was intended to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court decision on July 9, 1868. The Dred Scott Heritage Foundation is requesting a commemorative stamp to be issued from the U.S. Postal Service to recognize and remember the heritage of this amendment by issuing a stamp with the likeness of the man Dred Scott. But we need your support and the support of thousands of people who would like to see this happen. To achieve this goal, we ask you to download, sign, and share the one-page petition with others. To find the petition, please go to dredscottlives.org and click on the Dred Scott Petition Drive on the right side of the page. On behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, this has been Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. In studio, we have Brian Laughlin. He is the owner of Selkirk's in downtown St. Louis. Selkirk's is a longtime uh, art, antique, and... Auction. A, auction house, yes, correct. And we also have Dergenario Jones, DJ. That's why I call him DJ. He's here, artist, <laughs> author. And uh, DJ's paintings and mixed media artwork have been shown in galleries around St. Louis, including the Urban League, Jefferson Underground, the Art Co-op, the Sheldon Concert Hall, Art Lofts, Grand Center, and the Regional Arts Commission. And, uh, and quick, he's, he's also corrected us here in the studios <laughs> yes tell, tell mark well, yeah. st louis historian I, 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 he is a st louis historian yeah. it's amazing so uh kxok has been around i guess 84 years and you know harry Carey, the famous broadcaster was one of the broadcasters on kxok and in our studio we've got pictures of harry Carey. um uh and Jack Buck. Jack, Jack Buck. Buck, thanks. But we also have one of Joe Lewis and Harry Carey when they were together next to a KXOK microphone. Well, DJ came in and went, y'all, you're, you're spelling Lewis wrong. I think we spelled it. Uh, whoever's put it on there, there's a sticker on it. Right, because we didn't put it on. No, no. There's a sticker on it, and it says Joe Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. And DJ uh, helped us <laughs> to, straighten, to straighten us out, and it's L-O-U-I-S. But he didn't stop there. No. <laughs> no, he, he could have stopped there. And just But he, he told us that was his middle name, and his last name is 
Barrow. Barrow. Yeah. B a r r o w. O w. So we're gonna we're gonna replace that plaque, that sticker, or whatever it is. Uh, we're gonna get out the domino thing and whatever. It is. I've never heard that. I didn't know it either. So. If you, you learn all kinds of things on this show. If you're, if you're watching on Facebook or on um, uh, YouTube, I know, you can see <laughs> the picture right underneath the clock that we're talking about. It's in, it's in the, actually, it's in the, screen, in the screen right now. So, DJ, thank you for setting us straight. <laughs> thank goodness somebody has to set Arnold straight from time to time. Yeah, because Mark can't do that. No. And also you guys have the Louis the... Was it Louis the Louis the Ninth? Ninth. Louis the Ninth, right? Louis the Ninth. That's from so, in front of the art museum. So who's supposed to be the apotheosis, right? <sighs> of St. Louis, but he is not. The first one was the East Bridge, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. oh, pum 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 pum. <laughs> I'll be darned. That's what we were known for, the East Bridge, baby. Right, James Eads. That's right. That's right. Yeah, who had right. never built a bridge before. Yeah, did not. Yeah, <laughs> they were going to put uh, condos in there. Did you know that? Where? On the Eads Bridge at one time, you know what? where the yes, you know where the uh, uh, where the the tracks are yes. underneath the the. the they were going to build condos. There? Yes, right along there. When was that? This. Wow, I guess uh, twenty years ago they had talked What's about. What's wrong it? with Pete? Yeah, <laughs> I think it would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. I park well, that's, well, that's well, well, old Walt, train track. Well, that's, Walt Disney yeah. was supposed to have been. Yes, you remember that deal? Supposed to be on the riverfront. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know who messed Bush? that up? Oh yeah, Bush. August Bush. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if you're not going to put beer in Disney, whatever. You know, I've been reading. You read that book. <laughs> <laughs> he said it verbatim. So, so what's funny is they sell beer at Disney World now. Yes, yeah. they, they He called them crazy and left and flew out or something. Remember what he said in the book? Yeah. Uh, is that said, right? it, Yeah, it was a big thing. Wow. They probably don't serve Bush down at Disney. Could have been, right? Yeah. right. Probably Miller. Cores. What is cores? Shameless plugs. Oh, don't do it. Uh, So we're talking about Arlene Creates. It's a show to raise awareness for ALS, and most people know that as Lou Gehrig's disease. That's right. Uh, I I may just totally have the disaster as I'm going to pronounce the entire name here. Mm -hmm. A, A myotropic lateral myotropic lateral sclerosis is ALS. And it's a debilitating disease that starts very slowly and can go on for a length of time or it can go very rapidly, kind of depending upon the individual. And it really renders their whole body, um, they they can't use it. They're able to think, but their body doesn't do anything. And, And DJ, you knew Arlene very well. How did she deal with this ALS as it came on and then as it progressed and and then finally took her life? Well, uh, there were some milestones uh, that happened with, with, with Arlene in terms of reversing it. And uh, a, few, a few things happened. In July, on June 14th, uh, uh, she did this piece called The Girl and the, uh, in a red dress sketch. And she also um, spoke her first word in the morning and thought that they could only speak. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm I'm trying to read some notes and also. Yeah, you're good. Um, you can even just read the notes, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, that works. 
in the first quarter of the year 2020. And this is all in reference to Arlene fighting and improving from when she, she was. was feeling yeah. at, at, at their most worst state. Okay. And so a lot of these things that DJ is about to correlate are some of the reversal effects that she fought for to reattain an ability. Okay, cool. Okay. So uh, in the first quarter of the year of 2022, we started going to a Sunday call Zoom sessions uh, of www.healingals.org. And Which is a great resource interactions with others on that call throughout the week and started doing what they were doing and it worked with Arlene's fingers grabbing the all stick. Milestones of Arlene's ALS reversing in the year of 2022. June 14th to grab an all stick and start the girl in a red dress sketch. July 1st completed the girl in a red dress sketch. July 3rd Arlene spoke her first word in the morning and thought the day could only speak one word at a time. Mm. Also on July 3rd, she started the girl with the pearl earring sketch in the same sketch pad as the girl in a red dress sketch and completed the sketch on the same day she started the sketch. July 10th, Arlene could put her eye drops in by herself before going to bed for the night. July 25th, Arlene could put toothpaste on her toothbrush, on her toothbrush by herself before going to bed at night. And August 18th, Arlene went to Miller Lab at the school for her three months ALS checkup, and Miller Lab could not do the breathing test that day for 10 ALSers that came to the school because supply chain issues did not deliver to the lab the mass to operate the breathing test machine. Mm. Miller Lab did order a blood draw to see the CO2 level in Arlene's blood and ha- we had it done the day the downstairs I'm sorry and we had it done that day downstairs before we left the school where the results would be reported on BJC Healthcare my patient chart that was an online computer site for Arlene to see in her computer Arlene had a hip assigned for three people um, who are, you know and these are the mm-hmm. people that's mentioned mm-hmm. And then I'm going to skip uh, past uh, that because that's some confidential stuff. Sure. Uh, but then in the month of September, Arlene had Sandy Krim, that's her that's her sister, mm-hmm. husband Mike Krim, brother-in-law, to put on the chart on her phone call, on her cell phone, because she was not did not see the chart on her computer. Miller Lab advised that they would know the CO2 level in Arlene blood like three working days after left the lab on August 18th, Labor Day weekend, started September 2nd. Arlene was speaking complete sentences. Her voice was soft sounding of her natural voice and not sounding like her ALS voice before she lost her voice. And that's important because uh, ALS um, sufferers are actually only thought of as being able to speak one word at a time Mm -hmm. and very slowly. So for her to be able to come back months after Right. And be able to form entire sentences um, shows the plausible nature and the potentiality of what can be done with ALS when a combination of arts, science, and and physical therapy are, are combined. combined. Right, mm-hmm. right. And she passed on September 13th, I believe. Yes. And today is actually her birthday. So she, she would have been 80 today. Wow. Uh, Great timing, so, yeah. fellas. It's yeah. wonderful timing. Yeah, yeah. so... 
Now, why this show, DJ? Did, did When did it first kind of develop in your mind to do this, and then you contacted Brian, just like, hey, you know, I've got an idea about this? Well, I remember how impactful, you know, see, one thing about, you know, you, you never forget how people make you feel. And, and, and she always was very nice to me every mm-hmm. time when I was here at, at art events. And I said, you know what, I'm an artist. Um, I got a few little connections. Why not get involved? You know, why not do something? Uh, you know, why not step up? Yeah. Uh, and St. Louis, you know, we, we got some good people here. Yeah, we do. You know, we don't have to import anybody from anywhere else. We could just reach, you know, from around our own resources. So I think I think we're going to have a good show, and I, I hope it, you know, gains a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of play. So how, how much time, Brian, did you need to kind of reserve your space and – then have DJ kind oh, of yeah. go through all the artwork. That It's not something you just put together in a couple of weeks. No, we've been working on it for the past few months, engaging and talking about it and uh, meeting up with a couple of other uh, collaborators. Special shout out to uh, John Phillips um, from Fabricators, Fabricators Foundation. Foundation. Yeah. And then also uh, Mr. Carl Essen, who was uh, one of Arlene's closest individuals and partners in life. And so it's not just, uh, you know, DJ and myself only. We have our, our Selkirk team and some other individuals that we've been collaborating with, uh, whether it be through photography information that's uh, going to be included on our website and on our social media realms and uh, the actual execution of, of setting up the show and the exhibition Her family itself. going to be there? Yeah, we hope. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. yeah. That's, you know, Mark, I can't imagine... <clears throat> You have somebody who is a very prolific artist, and then of all the diseases that you can get, the one that debilitates your ability to do what you used to do for a living and for fun and for pleasure, and then all of a sudden, and what you were describing, DJ, I think was very, I've not heard that somebody's coming back from ALS like that. And usually, like you said, Brian, it's one word, but to be able to put sentences or words together into a sentence to be able to do your your toothpaste on your toothbrush. And then Mm -hmm. as late as the first part of September, Labor Day, she's talking, and then all of a sudden, you know, she passes two weeks later. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's just incredible. And it proves that there's hope to uh, an ailment that was once thought of as hopeless. And so for Arlene to be an active example, uh, along with several other uh, patients that have actually improved, it's starting to really kind of change the ubiquitous thought of, of what ALS is, how it can be treated, and actually aiming more efforts towards it, which is another portion of, of why we're doing this, is, is to help raise awareness and um, you know get uh, resources sent to specific organizations that Arlene was associated with. Have you guys teamed up with like an ALS foundation, or are they aware of this kind of, uh, this Arlene Creates awareness activity that you guys are sponsoring? We are communicating uh, with several different organizations. Okay, all right, good, good. So uh, give Locally us Locally and nationally, I may add. Okay, super. Give us a, a, a commercial about this. St. Louis, um, you need to be a part of this fantastic event that's going to happen December 9th. I mean, okay. you know. It's, once in a, it's a once in a very rare opportunity. Um, some of the artwork is outside the realms of what you might think of in a normal gallery setting. Um, 
one of the most interesting factors uh, about some of Arlene's works is not necessarily even within the, the strokes of the brush or the pastel crayons or the markers themselves, but it's actually what the work is about. So, hmm. so what we have here is this interesting topic of some extremely high profile cases uh, federally mm -hmm. that have taken place. And so beyond just saying, courtroom sketches you know she was a, a courtroom artist in the oj simpson trial uh during 9 wow. 11 with portions of al-qaeda wow. uh, so oh, there's wow. very significant wow. cases that the artwork is representing it's not just a civil suit randomly on a tuesday wow. <laughs> um, and so the work's meaning and the history behind the work as well as the skill and the talent and the passion that arlene had is really the the dual chord of yeah. the whole message beyond ALS. So there's a lot of interesting factors and and um, we're also gonna be holding a private event for the Missouri Bar. Um, and it was really, really uh, fortunate timing. So all the St. Louis area attorneys are gonna be able to go back and some of them are gonna be able to revisit cases they may have been a part of through wow. some of Arlene's past artwork. We're probably talking about tens of thousands of pieces of artwork that she's accumulated over the course of her life? Or? We do not have a count uh, because obviously some are no longer extant um, and a lot were sketch, mm -hmm. uh, but we do have large portions of her work. Uh, we do have hundreds of uh, mm. individual examples. Was, was her training locally here or wh where, did, where did she train? And maybe she had a mentor who helped guide her and, and while you're while you're thinking about that, because illustrators or courtroom artists are always kind of been thought like, well, you know, you're kind of a second class citizen. <laughs> you know, like Norman Rockwell. I love Norman Rockwell, <laughs> and all those sure. guys who did post covers and McCall's covers and <laughs> uh, right. Country Gentleman covers, right. and uh, matter of fact, uh, Al Parker, uh, another St. Louisan, uh, did a lot of covers for uh, during the 30s and 40s. He has uh, a lot of his work is, is housed at Washington University. Anyway, they were kind of thought of as like, well, you know, you're just an illustrator. You're a cartoonist. That's right. But in their own right, they are they're artists. Oh, no doubt about it. And it's capturing a moment in essence in a courtroom in a very short span of time that you don't really have to change or alter to a perfectionist state. And so to be able to do something so accurately and so swiftly uh, there's definitely a lot more than meets the eye to it. So it's not something there. she would like sketch and then go and kind of change it or fill it in. It was like all done right no, then. No, these are in the moment, in the midst of the oh courtroom. Talk about fast. So yeah. DJ, do you know her her training background? Well, um, I, I know she was. <laughs> no, I don't right now. Okay, mm -hmm. that's all right. That'll be something for yeah, our yeah, listeners yeah. to check out. And we'll yeah. have some information we'll have on some yeah, uh, yeah. the documented, um, you know, uh, people in her life that really made an impact for her um, at the show on December 9th. There's going to be quite a bit of information available, too. She's of that age where she probably would have at least touched base with people at the St. Louis School of Fine Arts. And oh, I'm sure. uh, well, I'm sure, just because yeah. of where she grew up and proximity to Wash U, and I'm sure that, you know, they, they kind of touch base with each other on that. Yeah. So 
If you are looking for something to do on December the 9th, which is Friday from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m., you should go to Selkirk's, that's 555 Washington Avenue, between 5 o'clock and 8 p.m. for a awareness show called Arlene Creates, and it's for Arlene Rosengarten, who is an artist. She did multiple kinds of what I would call courtroom art for the federal and federal programs, big, large cases, and you can see some of those on display. Uh, that's at Selkirk's, and I'm really grateful, uh, Brian and DJ, that you guys came in to talk about this, uh, especially about ALS and the things that, have been, that are being done to really improve the progress for people who have that prognosis. That's, I, I wasn't aware of uh, how far things had developed with that. So thank yeah. you very much for coming in and talking about this activity. Yeah, thanks Likewise. For yeah. Yeah, thanks thank for you. the opportunity. Yeah. We appreciate you listening to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast to keep up on all of the latest episodes. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker.